Hey, Ben Ennis is here. Hi. You have a good show? Yeah. Thank you. I... <laughs> Wait, what? I've just decided to start saying thank you to people. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I, I punctuate conversations with good morning now. So, yeah. yeah, why not say thank you to things that don't require thanks? Yeah. Or... It's kind of nice. You, yeah. It throws people off. Yeah. But it's nice. Yeah. I I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and the niceness overrides its nonsensicalness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. Especially coming from you because it's like, oh, he's being nice. Yeah. That's good. That's I, that's really nice. Yeah. I'm nice all the time. I'm always nice to you, especially. Is that true? Am I not picking up beer today from you that I gave you just money for to support your child's NHL dream? Uh, you're talking about the beer that yeah. you bought from me. Hey, that's pretty good beer, by okay. the way. I've tried it yeah. now. That yeah, a percentage of which goes to help my child play, uh, in 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 his first year of rep. Hey, yeah. do you think that because expansion is going to happen to the NHL to the point? I honestly made the same joke. Oh, that you... that he has a real chance no, of gonna, playing in well, the NHL. See, that well, my question was though was, do you think it's going to make hockey parents even crazier? Right? Oh yeah. Because I thought the advent of cell phones would make people chill out, right? Because now mm-hmm. there's a paper paper trail for everything, mm-hmm. and you could get exposed just one day. You don't want to be the dad. One of my all time favorite clips is the guy who breaks the glass, and they go, "Nice job." I it, ah, damn it, what is his name? I can't remember what either way is just the parent in the back. Like, Wait, I think it's Randy. Way to go, Randy. <laughs> and then he just yells, gets the wheels on the bus or something. It's really stupid yeah. after. But he breaks the glass and you go, you can't be that parent anymore. But now it's like. There's a legit pathway. They need, they need well, kids. And, and even if you're like, well, he can't quite play in the NHL. Well, you more yeah. ECHL, AHL. Yeah, like everybody gets funneled out, right? dreams are is yeah. I hope my kid someday will be. Oh, boy. Wouldn't yeah. he? Look great in a solar bears <laughs> uniform. Yeah. The growlers. Nice. Oh, yeah. man, that's the dream. They, no, but you have everything working in your there. favor. You have everything working in your favor. Expanding teams. Other than, like, the extreme talent that he would have had to have already possessed no, no, by the age yeah, of eight. That's tough. Listen, <laughs> yeah, have you ever even had an athlete in your family? He's, You know Anywhere he's missing school? Tree? You know, uh, no. Yeah. You know he's yeah. missing, <laughs> you know he's, he's missing school tomorrow to play in a hockey tournament in, in, in Guelph? That's I good. also thought about wearing... I don't wear sporting hats. Hockey's got, they they always think that their rivalry is basketball, Mm -hmm. right? Hockey's always like basketball. It's the same schedule. It's right across us. The true rival to hockey is school. Yeah. <laughs> education. Yeah, education. That's the real rival yeah. of, the, of hockey. Oh, man. Like, Damn this, it. The CHL has yeah. been locked in a <laughs> yeah, war. Like, go to college after. <laughs> <laughs> when you're done playing <laughs> hockey, you can go. Uh, right, stop <laughs> the allure of hockey over yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's Just, winning up tomorrow. I know. <laughs> I was going to wear a matchup. You let them teach them young. What I was going to say is, I, I don't, I wear hats occasionally coming yeah, into do. work You're but i don't guy. wear i don't wear sports hats ever because i think it's weird to like it is a little weird i got it i'll, I'll say i wear them still I I, when i go to a blue jays game i wear a blue jays hat yeah i do that i'll even wear a blue jays jersey but i don't I go wear my any family stuff anymore i do leafs talk it no, feels I think it's especially really, weird i think it's really cute when me and my wife and my two kids are all wearing blue jays jerseys and hats yeah, that's like that's nice. that's cute yeah that is cute right like so i'll still do that but yeah. i don't Coming into work, I don't wear sports. I was going to wear it today, though. I have a Burlington Bulldogs hat. That's fine. I was going to wear it. I didn't wear it because I'm no, saving cool. it for tomorrow to wear to the game. Because now, 
I, I didn't. I, I wore it for the first game they played. Uh-huh. Support the team. They were so bad, and it was like on the road, and like you know, there were so many disparaging comments about the poor level of play from their team that I kind of felt embarrassed to be wearing it. Mm. But they're improving to such a degree that I I'm actually not ashamed to be a father nice. of of one of the the not players ashamed. on the team. Not ashamed. <laughs> we'll see how it goes tomorrow. They yeah. play in this tournament against teams from like Toronto, so yeah. that's gonna be that's quite tough. a test. Yeah, that's gonna that's a big one. So there's this Otani report. You're really horned up for it. You, I d- okay. You brought like, it up. I, take I'm it just easy. letting me sit down in my chair. You're like, do you see Otani? I was like, yeah. I just wanted Did to make sure that yeah, you saw it. the thing that yeah. was published. At, literally, yeah. as I was sitting down to do the show at 6 o'clock, but it you know just... Who I am. What, that you're a psycho that reads everything yeah. and no piece of information could ever get by you? You're, Never does. You're just, you're the filter of all sporting information. If yeah. it has any relevance whatsoever, Armin? God... God forbid it gets through you. If it gets through you, it's not relevant. Armin? Pretty close. Yeah. Thank you. See? Well, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. One of my guys. <laughs> you are, you are, I know, right? Yeah. One of your yes men said yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> He's quick with the yes. That's yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job by you. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. So for those of you that aren't like me, consuming every little piece of everything, where things do get by you. Ken Rosenthal tweeted 50 minutes ago, latest notes explaining my NL Cy Young ballot. Not of major concern to you in Toronto. Coaching turnover in Baltimore. Kind of interesting. This is you in Toronto. Yankees interest in Margot. Kind of interesting as well. Hey, center fielder being traded in the division. He had a really good year. But then Jay's a sleeper for Otani, question mark. You click on the article, he's, he's a little bit more reserved. With the commentary, right? He says, hey, here's the, the case. I don't board. know. Is he? He has a direct like, well, report that's... from an executive. Okay, so so then let's he's, he has, yes, an executive. At least it's one rival executive, mm-hmm. not I'd... an inside Toronto executive. Oh, I have a tinfoil hat theory on that, too. Okay. Do you want to hear it now or you well, want to keep yeah, going? Well, right, yeah, let me just read the sentence. Okay, I guess. At least one rival executive views the Blue Jays as a sleeper for Otani, period. What's your tinfoil hat? The rival executive is putting more pressure on the Blue Jays because they know they have no shot at Otani. It's like mm-hmm. Brian Cashman's like, oh, you know, I could see you getting shot yeah, Otani. Them. Oh, it's get for sure the Blue. <laughs> Everybody get your hopes up. And then if you don't get them, yeah. it's totally cool because you were in on it again. Yeah. Oh, but then there's the other rival executive who's like, they're going to do something uh-huh. big. Oh, you're doing nothing big. You're doing a bunch of small stuff. That's so, yeah. yeah it's not going to uh, satiate that fan base. So he goes into. Toronto will sell it as an international city, right? The growing Japanese population, but then goes and yeah, I know. I, I don't, I've never really understood. It's just to me, it's the money, it's and winning, and it's like, are you going to you like win the and, Japanese? Yeah. Po- go back to Japan. Yeah, like yeah. you can probably <laughs> yeah, get the true. same money. Yeah, like, that's true. He, the, we know where there's the most Japanese population. Japan. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like he didn't come here because it's yeah. like you know what North America is so much like Japan. Yeah. Like, I actually saw an Instagram reel of. All the cool stuff they have in Japan. Have you ever been? I, no, I really want to go. I've been a lot of places. Like my dad's yeah. a former pilot. Yeah. I've been all over Europe. I've never been to Asia. I would love to I don't to know go why anyone Japan. would leave. Like you would mm. have to be Shohei Otani where you get hundreds of millions of dollars. Wouldn't it make you anxious to like live on an island? I know it's a big island. <laughs> anxious. This is weird. No. Okay, we got to get off this actually. No, never mind. What? <laughs> like an island. I, got, yeah. I actually know some people. Technically, uh, who we're live... all just one big island, you know? It's, World's come on, mostly though. water. I suppose. Yeah. But I know people who live in Hawaii is a different deal because it is so separated from the world. No, that's world. far. That's, that's and really, that is that's like you far. actually can't go yeah, anywhere. No. But yeah. I, I don't know. 
I, I guess it's different living in Japan, but I just look at it as an island, and that All would right. make me that would make me anxious. So that was island talk featuring <laughs> uh, bananas. <laughs> For more thoughts on islands, uh-huh. tune into the Fan Morning Show. Yeah, every morning, six a.m. to nine. Um, yeah, I don't really buy the international selling point. I think that's like a nice feature mm-hmm. if you are getting all the money and the opportunity to win. The, the more interesting part of this is that he says the one problem is that the Red Sox and the Yankees are in the vision. His priority is winning. He might prefer a club outside the highly competitive AL East. Uh, and although the ballpark has a retractable roof, he's recovering from elbow surgery and might not want to have inclement weather. Which Yeah, which means like in April and May, the Blue Jays play a bunch of road games against teams in the Northeast in Boston and New York who do not have roofs. Yeah. yeah. Um, the more important part to this yes. is the exec's rationale is this, quote, any plans the Jays had to sign Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Boba Shett to massive extensions might now be on hold. George Springer's six-year, $150 million contract expires after 2026. The team remains in need of left-handed power. Um I, I'll just say this is the way I'll set this up. The Jays are always a bridesmaid. I've never believed that they're getting Otani. I've laughed at every single notion that they were actually competitive suitors for him. Seeing Rosenthal put it in one tweet, I'm already fully. This is how I know. This is why I wear the Blue Jays hat to games, right? And I don't wear the hat to the other games. Mm. I'm just already. It's worked. It, it worked. Rival exec, you got the hopes up. I have. I went from zero percent hope for Otani to. 14% hope for Otani this morning. Wow. Yeah, 14%. Oh, I, I really did think you that's were going to go higher. Gonna, but no, no, like, no, That's my hope. That's not that my percentage of I think they're going to get him. That's just I, I have like a little bit of uh, now when he signs somewhere. Like at one point he could have signed anywhere. Mm-hmm. He could have gone to the Mariners or the Dodgers or whatever. And I would have said, yeah, of course it wasn't us. I never even had my hopes up. I was 0%. I never let myself get hurt. Now I'm at 14%. I know I'm a sucker. No, I... I'm with you, but I was always kind of at 14%. Maybe I'm closer to 20%. You said it was like, oh, the only thing that would rival it as far as um, unexpected results in sports was Leicester City winning the Premier League, where it was like, literally, come on. Okay, he's going to sign in Major League Baseball. There's 30 teams. There's 10 teams with the payroll probabilities or possibilities of signing him. So it's not quite 10%, but it's like, yeah. I mean, Leicester City winning the Premier League title was like one in a million. So it's yeah. it's obviously, yeah, it always was a higher probability than that happened. I would tell you that I have a buddy who's from, uh, I yes. went to college with that is from yes. Leicester City. He supported the club his entire life. And the year that they won, he accepted a job in Iceland <laughs> and was uh, some researcher of some kind. I don't know. He was a researcher. That's all I know. I don't think he was like digging up the ground and looking at it and going, ooh, look at this. Oh, frozen under here. And went, yeah, it's cold. Cold ground. And he put it in a test tube and he yeah. looked at it in a light and he shook it around and he yeah. went, this is why I'm not watching Leicester City. He didn't get to go to any games. That's crazy. I know. Unbelievable. Truly the worst kind he of couldn't break. have taken some time off, like even a leave of absence. No, I think it was one of those things where you sign a contract oh. and you have to be on the land oh. for a certain amount of time. Just, yeah, you got to be on that icy land. Oh, brutal. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Yeah, it was always more a possibility, albeit yeah. unlikely, than you ever made it out to be. Okay. But yeah, literally, there's a reason why the okay. Blue Jays do get mentioned in these free agent rumors, and there's a reason why people roll their eyes is because, mm-hmm. yeah, generally, they don't spend like they could spend. But the possibility always existed that they could spend. And it, it shouldn't say that they never spend because, yeah, they won the George Springer sweepstakes. They outbid the New York Mets quite literally more for than his double services. what it costed to get George Springer. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. It's going it's going to be expensive. Real expensive. It's hard for me to say expensive now because my 5-year-old calls it expensive. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's going to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um 
But yeah, is it possible? Of course. And is there even a financial case to be made that even if he's not producing and the team's not winning, even at like $400, $500 million, Shohei Otani pays for himself? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's very possible. What's also interesting to me that you kind of glossed over and maybe you wanted to get into later is the the idea that any plans to sign Vlad Jr. or Bobichet to long-term extensions might be on hold. Yeah, I do. Uh, here's what I'll say about the Otani thing. I, I'm guessing that this is... But it ties into it. Well, no, my last thing on just purely Otani before it goes to them. I was thinking about, okay, will they really fork over the cash for him, right? Yeah. Will they really fork over the, what, $500 million? What, what are we looking at here for Otani? What, but if he was pitching, it would like yeah, yeah. obviously be $500 million. No, And I there is a report about... of, uh, out of L.A. that there is talk that maybe Shohei takes a, a shorter-term high AAV yeah. deal. Yeah before he returns as a pitcher and like, yeah, just like resets the market as his two-way player in a year okay. or two years. That that would feel really risky for a ball club to be going, okay, now we're going to take you three years later and now you're going to pitch and potentially hurt yourself again. But yeah, Although, okay. I mean, maybe that makes the most sense for a Blue Jays team that has Bo and Vlad for two more years, has yeah. Kevin Gossman and George Springer for only three more years. Like Jose Barrios is the only guy that's, that's under contract mm. beyond three years. That's what I'm saying about the extending of Bo and Vlad. Like, Okay, if it's a short-term, two-year, I don't know, $120 million deal for Shohei Otani, you say, this is it. And if it doesn't go the way we want it to, guess what? We're going to... So he gets the super-sized sh- Semyon. Yeah. What did Semyon get? $20 million? Uh, Something like that? I think it was more than that, wasn't it? North of $30 million on yeah. the one-year deal? Yeah. Because... You give him $60 million a year, and you say, two years, buddy. Again, Come I on would... Down. I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all my money, but, and I'm sure there's a, and it, it can't be the only thing you do, right? Like if it's like, oh yeah, we're doing the previous baseball budget where the Blue Jays had like 40-ish million dollars to spend and and we're, this is the only move of the off season. You can't do that. You have to do like, oh, well, this is the Shohei Otani money and we still mm-hmm. have the other 40, 50 million dollars to spend uh, on the rest of this roster. But yeah, that that makes the most sense. It also makes me think of like, okay, the two things combined. Pass and saying they got to do something big. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosenthal, that's it. That's it. It's, it, it's the it's if, the unis- they, and Shy had it. If they don't first, do this, so it went Shy, then it went Passing. Now mm-hmm. when Rosenthal is three guys that are all now saying, "Hey, I know you guys mm-hmm. are always the bridesmaid, but there's at least a little smoke here. You believe oh. in the smoke? The smoke is real. Of course, I always believed in the smoke. You don't think the Blue Jays talk to yeah. you, Darvish? You don't think that the Blue Jays <laughs> you know talked to Daisuke Matsuzaka? You, you know what the one for me was? Is what? Yesterday, I'm watching the Bucks game, and I went, did anybody even have a piece on how close the Raptors were to Damian Lillard? Because that was the thing where we were doing yeah. like 85 Damian Lillard shows. Right. We went, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard. It, it reminds me of this Zadorov thing right now. I'm like, I wonder what the content would look like, the hours of content that have been spent on podcasts and radio shows and television segments in this city about guys that, we could have gotten in sports yeah. or that we thought we were going to get. And then we compile it into an archive and go, here's the archives of all the guys that you thought you were going to get. And it just looks like the warehouse at the end of Raiders of Lost Ark, yeah. where it's just, you know, boxes and boxes and crates. Well, full we, of just it'd be these great takes. to compare them to, yeah, the actual reality of the situation. I mean, I think it was pretty close though, because Shams had the tweet, the tweet that Shams had yeah. before the real tweet will always be my smoking gun. See, that, that the, the Raptors uh, were actually so close, but apparently without giving up, OG no. Scotty or yeah. Pascal and only like Grady Dick and yeah. a bunch of first round picks. I had the opposite feeling watching him in the Bucks jersey where I went as if anyone thought he was ever going to come <laughs> play for a team that didn't have another superstar. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Otani thing, the reason why it makes sense to me is, okay, 
this is very much a market where people show up if the team is winning, right? Mm, yeah. Like, we, we saw it when the team was frustrating to watch that Texas Rangers series that you and I went to. Yeah. People didn't show up. Mm-hmm. When What the hell happened with the tickets? They've done all these renovations, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought about the Balmer thing. I was talking to Bobby Marks yesterday about Steve Balmer and how they really want to have Harden in there because, God, people are just banging down the door going, we want to watch Harden 2023. Like, get Harden to our team. Then we'll buy tickets. Then we'll come see what the Honestly, stadium's all about. Yeah, yeah. The toilets at the new uh, yeah. arena are I'm more way, appealing buddy, than James so, Harden if I'm an L.A. After fan. going to BMO in a packed house yeah. with the Argos and having to wait at halftime yeah. for 20 minutes to take a pee, <sighs> it's just a reminder of just how Balmer's on it. He's mm-hmm. really – the toilet thing got mocked, but he's really, really on no, it. No, anyway, 100%. My, my point here is just they, they're not unveiling a new stadium – Kind of-ish. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. kind of-ish. Yeah. They can't just run back this team. Like, the, the passing report about, hey, they need to make a splash, they need to do something big, it's just sitting with me going, you're right, they, they have to do that. And I've been on the, hey, and you have too, of, hey, isn't this actually the time to trade Vlad if you can get in on Soto, right? If you can go get a better player for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., someone that helps you win now in this two-year window where you do have the renovations, then you should entertain that, right? I think it's very weird, the discourse that happened about Vladdy in the last 48 hours, where all of a sudden he became this untradeable guy to a lot of Blue Jays fans. I mean, are you went, talking about one person's Nope, tweet? I'm not. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, I got dunked on everywhere for bringing it up with Sid. I was like looking at it and like, damn, I got to mute the tweets. I'm just taking too much hate for even discussing this. Anyway, I'm just saying, a lot of Blue Jays fan accounts were like, how could you ever entertain the idea of trading Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? But anyways, the point is, Otani is ticket-proof. Or whatever, loser proof. Mm. You're gonna want to go to the stadium in Toronto if Shohei Otani plays here. Yeah, right? like, I agree. Like people here love an event yeah. and they love a star. Yeah. And if you have Shohei Otani here, the team could be garbage, which he doesn't want, right? That, no. Like this isn't the sales job to him. <laughs> Do, actually, no one show him this. No one let him know that this is part of the diabolical plan. But truly, uh-huh. you're gonna have sellouts every night with Shohei Otani in the city. If you pull Shohei Otani mm. and he's on one of the banners that hangs outside the Rogers Center, if you can sell a flex pack and he's the face on the cover of it, yeah. you you are selling every single game. You're selling every single ticket. It becomes the hottest thing in oh, town buddy. over the entire this summer. This is part of the the whole financial argument for him. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. selling the rights to, of your games to Japan. Your Dandy no, House part, is like no, one no, of your no, presenting no, no, sponsors. No, I get that part, of course, of course, that part, yeah. right? The the international appeal. Dandy. Shohei is obvious. My point is just simple. Simply, you're kind of sneakily unveiling a new stadium. The, the renovations are done this year. Mm-hmm. You want people to come in here. You need to justify these expenses. You need to make sure that yeah. people don't start to quit on this team, right? Because if, yeah. you, if you have the same team, everyone keeps going, oh, the Jays have a really nice baseball team. Mm-hmm. They got a really good baseball team. They got good starting pitching. They got this. They got that. They should be right around it again. People are going to be pissed off at this if this is a run-it-back team. They need an injection of something that is going to put butts in the seats beyond just the winning quotient yeah. because I think the early part of the year, you could see a lull in ticket sales if you just bring back the core. And then if they're competent or they're exciting or they're winning, then you're going to start to see people really fill it out in July and mm. August, right? As summer starts to wind down. If you bring back, if you bring in a Shohei, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing. You could be the worst team in baseball. People are going to come to the stadium. They're going to look at your new renovations. They're going to say, what a success. I agree with everything you said. The counter would be if I'm Edward Rogers and I just plunk down however many hundreds of millions of dollars I have for phase one of this renovation and then phase two of the renovation. And I paid into the luxury tax for the first time in my career. And we only won 89 games, won no playoff games. And the, the attendance was upper half of Major League Baseball, upper half of the American League. But I didn't see a return on my investment. I didn't see a return at all 
last year, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm sure the books would would not put uh, the Blue Jays in the black for the 2023 season. Is like you want me to spend how much more than I'm already spending? And you presented me with okay, better than the Yankees, better than the Padres, and better than the Mets some of the most disappointing franchises in baseball, and we did make the playoffs. There were no home gate revenue receipts, and you want me to spend, you want me to outlay another $60 million for this star and then another, like $100 million in players plus the renovations that continue in the lower bowl for next season? That's, that's, I'm not saying that's the argument that should be made or the correct argument, but I could see that one being made. Can I tell you something? I think that it's already signed off. I think that they already have the green light for that kind of expenditure. If Shohei mm-hmm. is really willing to come here, if mm-hmm. Shohei's willing to come here, I think they already have. I don't even think that they're like they, they're, they having these, they're having these conversations. I think it's already done. The issue with Shohei, if he doesn't come here, is not going to come down to oh they didn't give him a competitive offer, right? Like by all accounts, I, I was actually talking to someone not too long ago. The Garrett Cole thing was real. They really they threw more money at Garrett Cole mm. than people realize. They, they really went after him aggressively. He just wanted to pitch for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And he also got paid a ton for the Yankees. And that, I think, is going to be very parallel to what happens with Shohei Otani. Is Shohei is going to get every offer from all of these clubs. They're all going to fork over that kind of money to be yeah. able to land this guy. And what are the Jays going to be able to sell that goes beyond that? It feels like they're going to have to do the Springer thing, which is, hey, are you, it's not about are you going to really be willing to spend $500 million? Are you going to be willing to do the, like, $600 million for Shohei, right? Or the extra, like, something. There's got to be such a over-the-top mm. financial incentive for him to ignore the things like, hey, yeah, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to spend in this division, and the Orioles are really good, and Tampa's always good. Yeah, and, yeah, that inclement I, weather stuff with your elbow and all these different, hey, yeah. don't worry the fact that our our two stars have hit no home runs in the playoffs and three three cracks at it. That stuff, don't even worry about it. Here's a bag of money, buddy. That's what you got to be thinking about. But he cares about winning over everything. He I, I, he's done a great job of marketing himself I, in this way, though, hey? Like, no one has done better because he's going to get the most amount of money. He's not going to play on a hometown well, discount somewhere. You know what? It's, that's why it's weird that there hasn't been more definitive reporting yeah. on this. Like, it, no offense to Rosenthal and Passan. Like, it doesn't feel like there's real tangible stuff about Shohei Otani and people are taking the smallest little morsels and extrapolating it into Shohei Otani, but doesn't he feel like the guy? Well, it's because he's leaving this team, though. He's leaving this team. And, he, like, he's not going to go back to the Angels, by all accounts. And people, yeah. But I think that's the real report but, but, of this guy's not a loser. They're basically saying, hey, remember Mike Trout, yeah. king of the losers, yeah. who's just happy to lose <laughs> his entire career? Until and he's then, forced out this offseason, but yeah. You think that's going to happen? A hundred percent. When Shohei Otani signs with the Blue Jays and yeah. Mike Trout's looking at like oh, all Anthony thing. Rendon hey. in a body cast and yeah. he's like, you're, you're, you're my running yeah, Rendon, and, Rendon the, and the, the angels are like, they're like, hey man, like you want to go? Like, and yeah. the angels are like, hey, can, this spending money. Do you wonder what yeah, the trade value out. would be for Mike Trout? That's something I got to ask an insider is what, what is the actual, because he's making so much money. Buddy, he's obviously great. Do it all. Well, this is the th- no, do dude. it all. Do get sign Shohei to all the money uh-huh. in the world and then trade for Mike Trout. Who's going to require less? I think that that's that's the thing people don't talk about is maybe when you're around Mike Trout, you get hurt. He's also not a beacon of health the last couple of years. That's what I'm saying. 
He's so injury prone that he leaks. It's like radiation. He's <laughs> he's radioactive. Oh, Anthony Rendon's looking at him. Yeah. He's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why are you hurting me? <laughs> I just came here to win baseball games with you. Yeah, I don't. The, the thing about Shohei is that I think he's a baseball robot. Like, I don't know mm. what he's going to do with all the money. I mean, you want all the money if it's someone's going to give it to you. But I. I, I'd be surprised if he's battling, like the, this thing comes down to the last couple of dollars, right? And who's going to go to, as you said, 600 million and not 500 million. Maybe that, mm-hmm. maybe that's the impetus. And certainly his agent's like, no, let's get the 600 million, please. Like, let's set all kinds of records. But if, if I'm to believe the myth of Shohei Otani and nothing that he's done in his career or said publicly would lead me not to believe this is that he is about one thing, and that's playing baseball. Mm. It's going home, and it's thinking about baseball, dreaming about baseball, thinking about Ichiro, and then coming to the ballpark and playing baseball. I I, I kind of think this decision is going to be made pretty early in the proceeding. That's, that is why it's weird that there's no no tangible reporting on this. Oh, you think it's gonna be, he's going to go first? I think, I mean, what's he waiting for? Yeah. He knows. He, he he show, just, hey, well, you know who's interested? Everybody. You know who's going to – who, and if you're interested, hey. you know the cost of doing business. Dude. And and again, unless he's in it to go – like have these teams battling each other for the right of Shohei Otani. And once you have the idea of Shohei Otani, oh, what's another $100 million? If you really do want to just set the market on fire and it is about getting every last dollar, then sure. Okay, Bro, it's going to take into, 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 into February, I suppose. But I think this thing's going to be done soon. You You just tapped into something else. What? My theory always was that the last Blue Jays offseason, the reason why the Varsho trade happened. Oh, yeah. They're left holding the bag? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the Jays tried to make other moves, and then the market got a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they went, don't worry, we'll make something happen. We're, we're, we're going to get a thing done. Don't worry here. We're like, we're going to change. And they got out ahead of it with yeah. T. Oscar because they went, don't worry, man. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We're going to trade T. Oscar because we'll replace this offense. Don't you worry. Don't even worry about it, brother. <laughs> And Who then, is that? What is that impression of? I don't know. Is like kind of Macho Man, but kind of like not. Like I don't know. Oh, Rural my Macho K. Man is that brother? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, you know who does an incredible Macho Man is Dan Souter. Have you ever seen his no. comic? Oh, no. it's incredible. It's truly, it's 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 out of this world. Great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they they thought they were gonna have a different team, and yeah. then they kind of had to work with Plan B minus right or Plan yeah. C, whatever you want to call it. I don't think that any of those goals that they had were their primary objectives. They mm. thought they were going to be trading like one of like, they thought they were going to be trading Jan- Danny Jansen and they ended up trading Gabriel Moreno. Whoops. Yeah. And they ended up trading him for a guy that they started in the four hole who hit two ten. I don't, I don't know. To what. be fair. Like now Danny Jansen of the three catchers, he's the second one that you'd rather have as opposed to like the third. We went into last off season thinking he I was the still, most tradable guy. No, I would still rather have Moreno or sorry. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah. I'd rather have Kirk. Than Danny Jansen? Yeah, because he's healthier and his defense took a big step. And I think that the bat will normalize. I've got to believe that what we saw from him early on in his career is not just completely gone. I think he had a down year. Here's what I would say. You know me. I'm, wow, you're the Kirk defender. I can't believe like you're rushing yeah. to Alejandro Kirk's defense. I'm, and here saying, I am sitting no, buddy, here like, I buy stock my low. I buy stock low. It's why I bought Kikuchi stock. It's why I bought Malachi Flynn stock. I am the... I, I always buy low stocks. What about in real stocks, though? Because like I know well, the stocks those I that you do own more poorly on. Those I could. We use. own a lot of the those same stocks. Those I could use some <laughs> Those that's an area of concern. Sports stock. Remember that app where it was? Hey, you could buy stock in athletes. Yes. Yeah. I was wish, it like Arian Foster. On yeah. That? Whatever. Had I actually been in, involved in that, I oh would be God. rich. I wouldn't even be here. 
I wouldn't even be here because I'd is, be somewhere else. I'd does be with, that still exist? I'd be with wherever God. the guys that are talking about colonizing concept. the moon or whatever. <laughs> I'd be in that group going, so when we get off the street, <laughs> uh, who's the arborist here? <laughs> what kind of plants will we bring in? That would be the conversations I'm having, not what baseball player will be good, you know? I'd be out of here. I would be out of here on the moon with Elon and the rest of the squad. <laughs> Point is, yeah, I, I, I think Kirk, if you were telling me which oh, guy's more yeah, valuable, Kirk. Danny Jansen, I love Dano. He's clutch. I believe he's the only clutch Blue Jay. Danny Truly. Jan. I think that George Springer was clutch, but then they took away his trash mm. cans and he got old. And oh, it was a double you. dip of just, he went, both? <laughs> Age and no trash cans, one or the other, please. <laughs> we, gave, we gave some of the other old guys the trash cans. And, but I think with Kirk, younger, healthier, track mm. record of hitting, and also his improvement defensively is real he's it's hilarious because he is a truly a guy that we need the stats for to know that he's good defensively because mm-hmm. the eye test wise you would never think wow what a defensive like he doesn't hold runners right there's no yeah. sexy arm it's just yeah, the, i mean he did better sure. as the season progressed but, but yeah like he's no gabriel moreno yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no but to your previous point about yeah. the jumping the market doing the thing early yeah and to so i've been doing a lot of thinking like before, they can't afford to just wait on everything and then miss out on shohei and then to go what's dude, the plan and they're like oof before this rosenthal report we were making a big deal about jeff Patton saying blue jay is something big and you're like okay yeah. and yeah Shohei otani is something big mm-hmm. outside of that what is the big thing i'm telling you it's not happening in free agency if it's not Shohei otani mm-hmm. because okay maybe you can sell yourself on cody bellinger you you're gonna have to go up against some of the heavy hitters in baseball in free agency. and they have, have to pay so much for cody you're gonna have to overpay like you thought george springer was an overpay you gotta this guy no, won an mvp he, he wants to be a cub and like there's reason to believe that uh, okay he the numbers are the numbers that he produced this year but like the idea that no, he's it's still that Cody Bellinger. guy I've seen it be I've seen what Cody Bellinger looks like when it's not going well yeah, we all got to like look a at pro, that it was a prolonged period of time yeah, there at the end with the Do- the Dodgers yeah. were more than happy to wave yeah. goodbye there so that's not it and obviously you're not bringing back I should Matt call this Chapman. the Hunjin Ryu test where it's like if the Dodgers are willing to not pay him yeah. then it's not great yeah. Although they didn't take Corey Seager. So never mind. The Dodgers test is trash. (laughs) But yeah, so it's not in free agency when it comes to a bat. I mean, maybe it's in free agency when it comes to an arm, but you think of the needs of this Blue Jays team, the rotation's the last place you look, right? Like Uh you you can't. Can't have too many arms. I'm, 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 I'm zagging on that, too. Sure, I think that okay. I, get Blake Snell. Get Aaron Nola. Well, get no. them all. Get them all. Sure. Like, have an eight-man I, rotation. Sure. Why I, not? I'm actually but, not crazy about Aaron Nola. You know this. I feel like I've never seen a good Aaron Nola start until the playoffs. I was like, but really? But they, really? they quite factually have four starters that, one, you can count on yeah. as far as health, and two, of a pretty baseline mm-hmm. of competence. And, man, Kevin Gosman keeps improving his uh, Cy Young award voting mm-hmm. uh, placement this year, finishing third after finishing what? ninth last season like yeah he's he's one of the best pitchers in baseball and one of the great signings in blue jays history because he has hit the ground running here but you got four fifths of your rotation not including alec manoa like yeah could you add another arm sure but that's not where i think about something big if it's not shohei otani what the hell is it like it it has to be a trade Mm -hmm. and then it's like juan soto juan soto Mm -hmm. or bus but again you're battling with other teams that have more assets that the padres might be looking for which i mean is cheap, like young labor, mm-hmm. like, and they're, they're not taking any money back. This is a pure, like we're clearing salary, but we want return, but in the form of higher level prospect mm-hmm. for Juan Soto, it really does feel like they're pot committed to at least giving it their absolute all getting Shohei Otani. Hmm. I did uh, have a conversation yesterday or two days ago about 
you know, the Jays trading for Soto and I was kicked back. What about Machado? Cause he's got so much money on the books. Yeah. He's 31 years old. Yeah. But that was kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, are you eating the whole thing? He also has a full no trade clause, right? Yeah. So you'd have to convince him to leave San Diego where yeah. it's nice. <laughs> and Toronto's uh, nice in the summer. That was right away though. I went, Hmm. Yeah. He plays a position that I have. Yeah. I've been to San Diego. Yeah. I've been to that ballpark. It's beautiful. No, that it's nice there. Yeah. There's a reason why people don't care about sports. I get it. I get (laughs) it. I get it. I would not. But they do care. They sold more tickets than anybody in baseball in San Diego. The problem is they don't have enough people. And, they sold and, more and enough than baseball? they more tickets. That was the, the deal. It's like, oh, the Padres spend all this money. Uh, why did they have to take out a $50 million loan to pay their players? Okay. And they sold the most tickets. Oh, it's because the tickets weren't that expensive because yeah, the market couldn't bear to have them be whatever, $500 a seat. So I want to round this out and we'll close this and then we'll take a break and go on to the next thing. But I did this yesterday, but I barely scratched the surface of it. I was going to do it a little longer and then some other stuff came up and I was like, no, no, we're, we're, we're banning this. I got way too excited about all the basketball I watched the day before. Mm Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the McDavid thing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. How they're, they made his agent the CEO. They they brought in... I, I, I don't really care about the Connor Brown thing because, yeah, they played junior <laughs> together. They're friends, I'm sure. But he but Connor Brown took no money. Anybody would have taken Connor Brown at that, mm-hmm. at that cash, right? Like, literally any team would have done it. Um, and then they bring in his junior coach as the head coach. And people go, oh, it's LeBron thing. And, and we, we don't normally see this in hockey not that i can really remember like the the arizona coyotes kind of did it when gretzky came in and mm-hmm. they went yeah you got carte blanche you got like full control here but that's different i'm talking about an active player who essentially gets to make real organizational decisions right mm-hmm. and organizations do this because they're afraid of losing the guy yeah this is the lebron thing yeah. lebron got to have this power because not only was he the greatest player in his sport but also he was always taking short-term deals and people were nervous about, hey, if you don't uh, give this guy what he wants, he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. In fact, even when he was going to leave Cleveland, they, he was still trying to get them to trade the first-round pick that I think became Darius Garland, actually. No, mm, I'm not sure. Maybe it became Colin Sexton. Either way, it was, it was a lottery pick that they really wanted them to trade. And he was like, trade it for DeAndre Jordan, who's washed. <laughs> and they went... We have to put our foot down somewhere. <laughs> and this is where we've put the foot down. Mm. But he had the full control. And, and I was thinking about this in regards to the Otani thing, right? Because I said, if I had a list of athletes where you would 100% give them power, I said Jokic would be one because he plays in Denver, right? And he's so great. He's top mm. 10 in every category. He's top 10 in assists, mm. rebounds, points. I watched him just destroy the Clippers the other night. And, and just, he's, if you pay attention to basketball, like truly, and you are watching more than just the Raptors games and you pay attention to Jokic and you're watching him even in the finals last year, it should be very apparent to you that he, he is absolutely unequivocally the best player in the NBA. Like it's, it's not him and Giannis. It's not Luca. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's just him. It's just Nikolai Jokic. He is fully the best player in the NBA. He's and allowed to win the MVP award this year too, after it's not I consecutive. Think so. yeah, anymore. I think, I think that people will be like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe we were a little wrong about this. Maybe yeah. we should stop with the narrative stuff. Maybe this guy's just really good. Anyway, I thought he's number one. But markets matter for this too, right? Yes. Right? It's like where the oh, guy yeah. is. Oh, yeah, you have to be desperate. Yeah, Connor McDavid, I think, is there in Edmonton, obviously. It's like if he leaves Edmonton, it's, again, I went, what do you go to Edmonton? He's the reason you would go to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, let's go to Edmonton in the wintertime. That's not a thing. But you could say, hey, let's go to Edmonton in the wintertime because we'll go see a Connor McDavid game. And you would go, yeah, actually, I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would enjoy that. that Can would we wait good. for him to go on the road? 
Possibly. <laughs> but I'm just, I'll, all I'm saying is if you were like, hey, we've got a conference in Edmonton oh, in the yeah. wintertime. Devastating. And we can see an Oilers game. I would go, yeah, we have to do that while we're there. Yeah. That's the thing to do. It's replaced mm-hmm. the mall. When we were growing yeah. up, it was the mall, and now it's Connor McDavid. It's still the mall. No, he jumped the mall. I think McDavid okay, over the mall. Okay, but can you do both? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but oh, if you had to choose one or the other, I would choose going to see McDavid sure, or going sure, to see yeah. the mall. As long as they have booze there, yeah. Yeah, they Would do. You, they have it in both. Yeah. <laughs> There's booze in here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. That was, that was a little that was a little troubling. Was, we went to that really quick. I'm saying, booze in here? I was like, yeah, uh, I think all Edmontonians uh, would agree that getting through February yeah. in Edmonton also requires some lubrication. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I had the list of guys that are just unequivocal. It's McDavid. It's Jokic. Uh, it's Giannis. Again, we've already seen it with Giannis, right? They made the Dame trade. It might not even mm. be a good trade, but they went, we need to do this. We need to try it. And then I actually have Mahomes and Burrow. Yeah. Mahomes, but, for but the, sure. The thing this is, is the, the first guy that came to For mind. sure, Mahomes and Burrow, but it's like Herbert's actually kind of on that list. I actually think because he plays really? for the Chargers. Yeah, because he plays for the Chargers. and Win something. What, yeah, I know, but it's just it's one of those things. But either way, I had, like, Tatum isn't on this list for me because the Celtics would never bend the knee to a star. They would right. never go, hey, we're going to just give you reins of the franchise. He's mm-hmm. not great enough to take over the Celtics that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did wonder about Shohei because baseball players, this is not a thing because you get so much money, right? Yeah. And it's all guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you would even get more or there would be a additional power in some way. Mm-hmm. But... I thought about the Blue Jays and went, would you cede some kind of control over the organization to Shohei if it gave you an extra percentage point in all of this? Like, do you think a baseball player could ever have this kind of control, ever be great enough he to have this kind of He would be the only guy, right? But like he'd have in to the do history. both, right? He doesn't pitch anymore. So I thought, maybe not. It's like, he's a slugger. And he hits 300 again, and he had 44 I, bombs. I would love to know, like, I keep talking about this extra financial, the the difference he makes financially outside of the baseball like, side of things. Like, would you fire John know- Schneider immediately if Shohei was like, first of all, it, it, tell me you're going to say he's going to bring in Ichiro to be the next manager of this Blue Jays. Thing, I would, that would be amazing. Honestly, I wouldn't even be able to go to the games because I would just faint every time. <laughs> I would just be fainting. I, I would wake joke, up. I don't I think wake, I brought it I to the air. I would keep waking up and I would look down and I'd see Dude, Shohei. In I, the don't, I don't think I did it on the radio, but I, in the break, I, I actually I think I made the same joke no, about I would actually Ichiro. be ruined. I'd be such a fanboy. It would be disgusting. And Sadahara Hara O no, as his associate yeah. manager because that's now a I thing like that the Blue Jays this do. Because it's just, it's, <laughs> no, I don't like this. This is like when people talk about the Sonics coming back and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's just, but like. Yeah, not if you're interested in winning, you wouldn't. Because baseball is not a sport where that that is you, you, one guy cannot have the outsized impact. Of course, as we all know, Unless it's like it's the a one guy who's in there always being like, "You got to take the starters out after five minutes." Yeah, right. <laughs> that guy no, has a lot like, of import. Not if you care about winning. If like you, you yeah, you you're really more interested in the mm-hmm. on-field performance of Shohei Otani as opposed to the off-field financial gains of having him. But I mean, you can kind of do both. And because the other thing does exist at such a high level, yeah. I think I would. And, like, I, is he going to sink your franchise? Because yeah. if it's just the manager, first of all, the Blue Jays have already kind of put their hands up and said, we don't really value this thing unless it is Terry Francona, which we oh, – I'll go to my my dying days believing they desperately wanted Terry Francona last offseason mm-hmm. and maybe back channel inquired no, about him and, yeah – and they got DeMarlo Hale, his picked successor as the associate manager, yeah. too, because they're like, maybe... No, but associate t- managers ma- are a thing now, because Ricky Weeks just got announced, so it's not weird for the Blue Jays anymore. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, they were pioneers, really. Well, I was going to say, do the, do the Brewers even have a manager? 
They just hired a guy who's not Don Mattingly, so I don't know his name. Um, but yeah, yeah, Ricky Weeks is his associate. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. the Blue I have Jays. A Ricky Weeks jersey. Yeah, Ricky Weeks was a he fantasy a, stud a, he for won a, me a while. Fantasy league, and that's why I won. Oh, those. buddy, yeah. who didn't have yeah. their little dalliance with Ricky Weeks yeah. <laughs> a, a decade and ago? What a name to say, Ricky Weeks. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, I would, I would give so, Shohei Otani the like car Ricky keys. Leaks. You. <laughs> If if Edward Rogers says, "Hey, you get to name Rogers Center the Otani Dome," like go mm-hmm. for it, like yeah, I, I I'd let him do whatever because he <laughs> the Otani Dome, that's that's actually an interesting. Yeah, Otani Dome, do that. Uh, no, I would I would I would give it all to him because it's a sport with no no um, no stars that break through outside of the sport except for one, and he's the guy. And it's like even to – it's a small degree, but holy yeah. cow, it's baseball. People talk about a baseball player yeah. outside of the context of playing the game. Yeah. yeah, he's worth it. The best part about calling it the Otani Dome was that we could call it the Big O and just steal that from Montreal. <laughs> you go to the Big O tonight, people like, and the French guys would be like, please don't do that. <laughs> S'il vous plaît. You're on your impression game yeah. today. S'il vous plaît. Do not call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, quick break. Do I have a solution for teams that rest stars? Good job by the Raptors yesterday, making it seem respectable at the end. It got Blake down to thirteen, was or yeah. was that eleven? Did it get to eleven? I was definitely Dude. at thirteen. Blake. Blake, you can't get anything past them. Yeah. Right. Guy is a numbers whiz, and he yeah. watches every single Raptors game. And last year, there was this real attempt by people to be like, oh, actually, rap's not that bad if you yes. look at the thing. And he went, uh, actually, yeah, I'm garbage the time actually, filter. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. here's the thing. I'm the numbers guy here. Yes. <laughs> and if you look at the garbage time filter, yes. here's the Raptors' actual net rating. <laughs> and I went, this has been an incredible... I thought maybe death of the fake comebacks for the Raptors because they've actually had two 20-point yes, comebacks. Ones. So I went, mm, maybe they are the comeback kids. But no, they went right back into their bag. <laughs> they went right back into their Raptors' bag yesterday. They went, do we have a fake comeback for you? Let us show you what we can do. Down 30, we'll close it to 13 yeah, before we lose. Marquise Noel uh, behind the back passes. Sure, like, sure. I don't know yeah, if you were yeah. around for from Marquise, Marquise I, Noel. Hey, guess what? I did not watch the fourth <laughs> quarter. I actually turned it you off. Marquise Noel. It was a 30-point game with, I want to say, 340-ish left in the third, and I said, that's, that's enough for this evening. I'm okay on this. Pretty fair. That's time to I did do one other, like, quick check-in because I saw I did one of those, like, eye roll. Oh. I, well, the and reason then, I flipped back is because yeah. somebody tweeted out Marquise Noel, and I tw- it turned yeah. back in time to see him with a behind-the-back pass that led to a bucket that he celebrated too much in a 30-point game. I actually have Blake tomorrow, and I'm going to do uh, a segment, a new segment I'm revealing and it's going to involve numbers mm-hmm. with Blake. Yeah, I know. No, but it's a, it's, no it's, 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 a, it's, a good, it's going to be a good segment. It's going to okay. be a keeper. It's going to be a keeper. I really believe so. All right. Um, okay. So the big story before the Raptors, just because they, the Raptors got killed, right? And it was just whatever. What are you supposed to say? They, they played poorly. Siakam was miserable, Every, but everyone was bad. Everyone like Siakam is one of those athletes now in the city that whenever he has a bad game, people lose their, like they blow their top. Mm. And then when he has a, a great game, they just kind of rumble through. They're like, yeah, it's fine. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> they just, we get it. He's a really good player. He's a fringy all NBA guy. He's not a good enough to player to carry a franchise. Mm. And he appears to be a really uncomfortable fit with the team's future player. It's just it's yeah, it's, God it's, forbid they have good games at the same yeah, time. It's, it's just it's 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 kind of annoying because we're going to continue to have these talks like these referendums on Siakam and the fit with the Raps and what the Raptors should do. And it's just it's pretty painfully obvious that 
the team's direction should be building around Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi and, and resetting a little younger. Yeah, I think so too. And based on the fact that they haven't paid Siakam, which also does actually kind of look like a mistake because they probably should have just had, you know, more term, if anything. Whatever. Anyway, I, I don't need to get into this. My, my point is it was a crappy Raptors game, but it started off on a bad foot, right? A lot of people buy tickets to see NBA stars. It's a, it's a big selling point of the league. That's why when the NBA advertises itself, they don't go, it's Sixers Celtics, and they just leave up the two teams' logos like they used to when I was a kid. What they do is they go, it's Sixers Celtics, and when you see the graphic, it's Jason Tatum's headshot next to Joel Embiid's headshot. So you go, as a fan, when people are coming through town, hey, Giannis is coming. And I guarantee you there's a lot of Greek people in the city that went... Hey, it's Giannis night. We got to go to this game. And they mm. saw the wrong attendant Kumbo. They saw, mm. they saw Thanos get some layups. They saw him. He was hustling. Well, he cost himself five grand, dude. A flopping foul called against Oof, him. Oof, tough. But my point is you buy tickets to see these stars. And when you find that a star is out because of injury management now, that's the load management term. No, they didn't say injury management. Yeah, they, they just did. said, I thought it was just injury, like no, calf injury. Inju- it was injury management for his calf. It was an injury management game and the league has changed the rules to this, right? So now what they've done is they have started to find teams. If they do it too much, they have rules about sitting them in national games and how it works. There's all these new intricacies that they've done to try to limit it. And and to a degree it's worked because Kawhi Leonard's actually playing basketball games, right? And now he has to play these games. His team's losing all the time. So he's, he and Paul yeah, George six game. I saw this tweet, six game losing streak. He's never, and obviously yeah. with Kawhi Leonard, like yeah. never in any level of basketball yeah. ever gone through a six game losing yeah. streak. Yeah. It's, like never been a member of a team that which went is through nuts a because he six played game for San Diego streak. state, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, I thought about this a little bit last night and I went, what, what should they do? And I tweeted it a little bit as a joke, like, mm-hmm. Hey, give people a drink ticket or something. I actually kind of think that this should work is if your team, mm-hmm. if you show up and you decide to do injury management last minute like that, right. Where you go, no, 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 this is, this is, this is what it is. The guy's going to play the next game or he's going to play in two nights. He's totally fine. We're just, we're managing this player throughout the regular season. Kind of think that the fine should trickle down to the fans in some way. Oh, is that, yeah. There shouldn't be just, oh, the league gives you a fine because whatever, who cares? You know, it's just, I don't, I don't care. Do you care if the bucks get fined? No. These, these billionaire owners, dude, the owners in sports are so rich right now that it doesn't even matter. Right. Look at the sun's Look at the sun's owner. Look at Mm -hmm. Steve Ballmer. Like you think Steve Ballmer cares if he rests, like if it's up to him and they go, Hey, you're going to rest quiet tonight. We're going to find you 10 grand or whatever the hell it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say a hundred thousand dollars. He's like, Okay. <laughs> he does not care. So give the fans something. Do something for the fans. I like that there could be some kind of idea where if you load manage a star, you immediately get fined. And that fine goes into some kind of corporate sponsorship deals that you have within the stadium where you get a voucher and you can mm. use some kind of like everyone with a ticket to that game, <laughs> you can go use it on something. So if you're like well, an adult. I mean, if we're doing the like, what does it mean to really rich people? The people sitting courtside yesterday looking to see Giannis is like, oh, I get a free pizza. No. Well, worth it. Not seeing Giannis. It's not worth it, but I'm te- man, I'm telling you. <laughs> people do love their free pizza. What is love, what is what is the do people love free everything, dude? <laughs> people love free everything uh-huh it's it, it it goes a long way all mm. i'm saying is i actually think that there should be some kind of a give back to the fans who are in the seats because about- i don't care that the, the the league gets some pool of money that goes to the nba mm-hmm. i don't care at all what i would actually like to see is you decide last night is the bucks okay hey we're sitting out Giannis. hey it's load management night 
They go, you scratched him within whatever, 24 hours mm-hmm. of the game, right? You scratched mm-hmm. him the day of because you've decided that you could win this game against the Raptors and you've already played them this year, blah, 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 blah. You're sitting Giannis. Okay, cool. This immediately invokes the owner is paying for a free item of something for everybody in the stadium that night. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the concessions people or the people that are like, they're not losing any money, right? Mm-hmm. You're not losing anything as an arena. You're Everyone's still getting paid, but now all of a sudden I can go up and say, yep, uh, I'm using my voucher. Here's my QR code. Beep, beep. Here's my free $14 beer that I want. Well, oh, man. You, now we're talking about beer? Okay, I'm yeah. talking about, yes, you can use it on, let's say. you Better get a, than pizza. Let's just say you get a $20 voucher or something mm. to use within the stadium that night. I take it a step further. How about, like, guarantee your product? And you get a game where your team trails by 33. It's never competitive. How about refunds for everybody well, who no, had no, to it's attend? A, it's, it's like, now you're taking two. Like, I made the joke. That was the joke <laughs> I had on Twitter. It's like, your team was. But it's a, a refund night, tweet. right? Refund night. Yeah. It just. <laughs> How about. Instead of a refund, though, that you can exchange your tickets for another game. No, but why are you making... I'm doing this as a serious thing. I, I, I Listen, I think it's an obvious winner. Who's going to disagree with it, really? Other than the owners who are like, oh, can we just like not do that? Like, but that's then, it. It's like, hey, man, this round's on you for the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, but what do you do if... And I'm sure the Bucs are going to make this claim, and it's why they won't be fined, is they're like, yeah, Giannis actually has... No, but there's supposed to be these a, guys. A no, that's thing. why they put it as injury management. Mm. They have to designate these things differently now than what they did in the past. There's also independent doctors that are supposed to be able to look into some of these situations mm-hmm. and go, yeah, no, we actually sent our guy to take a peek, and he said that your dude is fine. My My point is, is that... I don't think anybody cares about the NBA solution to this because it's clear that guys are not going to play 82 games. They've already done it with the awards where they've said you have to play 65. They've already done it with the independent doctors. They've done it with finding the teams. But I've said the finding the teams thing is not enough incentive. The the stuff that but they've it's done not, is it it's not an incentive. It's just a hey, it's a placating. The, it's because it's not going to change the way yeah. the players are. Do, it's at least something. It's fine. It's a give back to the fans. That's it has it. nothing to do. It has no impact on actually impacting. Dude. Whether the the teams decide yes. to rest these players, it's just like you feel a little bit better if you're a fan and you show up and you get yeah, a free it. beer. It's just yeah, that's it. It's just one way of like the the one of the core issues here is that you're sitting players too often, and some guys took it too far. But I think that we've gotten to a place now where with the 65 mm. game to be in the awards conversation, given all the bonuses for players and the fact that they still need to win these games, the parity in the league just in general now and the mm. way that it's going to be going with how you have to build these teams, guys aren't going to be able to sit 20 games, even 15 is going to be tough for some players. All I'm saying is on load management nights, just compromise. It's not going to happen too often. Yeah. Just a couple of nights a year when you do the load management to on the road and you're on a road, you do it in front of fans that only get to see your team a couple of times. Mm. There should be some type of give the back problem, to those fans that go, it's going to make fee- people feel a lot better. It's going to completely the, change the way we feel about load management. The problem is it's not a gate-driven league, right? Like the big problem with load management is these these national games, right? And it's this, the whole reason this is coming to a head is because the NBA is about to sign a new media rights deal. And they want these potential bidders for these rights want assurances that the stars are going to play in the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if you told the TV companies that, hey, if the stars don't play, yeah, you also get a free something, by which I mean, you know, some money lopped off the exorbitant fees you're paying for rights, then, then I think you got it. You got something. I mean, what you're suggesting makes perfect sense. I love it. It's not impactful, though, unfortunately. This is a guy who never goes to games. Uh, quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk to James Myrtle. Uh, it doesn't make sense for the Leafs to sign Patrick Kane. 
Uh, that was a fun hour. Let's keep the good times rolling, my friend and yours, the managing editor at The Athletic, James Myrtle. Good morning. Hello, JD. You waking up early to make sure you know everything that's going on at Leafs practices? <laughs> I, I did not. I, I think the they're actually off today. I, I don't think they're practicing today, no. so uh, I think we're off the hook. All I saw was Klingberg's missed three practices in a row. It's something. It's something perfectly yeah, in there. Feels like there's... The flight wasn't good for him, I heard. What do you mean? That, that's what that's what Keith said, is that the, the flight didn't do him any favors, so... Whatever that's supposed uh, to mean. He got <laughs> airsick. He got hurt. He has turbulence. He threw his shoulder out. He, was, he didn't put the seatbelt sign on, and he bumped up in the seat. Like, the flight wasn't good for him. I, was, they were, I don't know. Maybe he turned the puck over on the flight. I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's really no need for that. <laughs> he's played a good game his last one. Okay. No, uh, this isn't actually where I plan to start, but I, I will. Because, yeah, it's, he's missed three practices, and... There was a little bit of kicking around. Our Nick Kiprios mentioned it. Hey, this dude, don't be shocked if the the term Robodaw Island comes up with this guy. And it, if I and I'm looking at it in concert with a couple of the other things that are happening, right? Like they're potentially in on a big trade with Calgary. Like they're at least exploring it. It's a place where Zadorov wants to be. I had Merrick on yesterday. He was talking about hey, the potential for a DB even bigger than just a Zadorov. They just met with Patty Kane, which we'll get into. But yeah, have you heard anything on the, yeah, the, the openness, let's just say, of John Klingberg when he signed this deal of potentially being, yeah, at least open to something like this? Because if he doesn't play in Sweden, I think that's a pretty big sign of something's going on. One way or the other, something's going on. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, the thing that, it, it might not just be a Roby Da Island thing. I mean, he might be the the money going back the other way if they make a trade like that, right? Like they're yeah, going to need to incentivize up. a team to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, how else are the Leafs going to open up the money to that's bring it. someone in? Well, that's even part of this that I keep thinking of too. Is maybe he's not practicing because they've already got a deal in place. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that, but it. I mean, it's it's possible, or it's. The other thing, I mean, he might legitimately be playing through something. I mean, he missed a big section of training camp. I think you know, two things can be true. Yeah. I think he's precariously close to not being on the team anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and I think they're trying to, they're trying to just dial him way back, get him to a hundred percent health, physical and mental. And there could be a, you know, maybe there'll be a couple more chances for him to play. Um, but you know, the, he's played so poorly that the chances are running thin. So here's my read on the situation with no inside knowledge whatsoever. This is just purely me putting the pieces together. I think that he's, he's definitely dealing with something. Okay. And the thing he's dealing with though, is they don't really know. It's, it's one of those things where the guy's like, yeah, I don't really feel right. And I'm sure the training staff looks at him and is thinking, man, yeah, you're, you're a little banged up. He's dealing with something long-term, but it wasn't something that was big enough for them not to sign him, right? It was something that they still gave him the money. They said, like, this be, I, I watch a lot of detective shows, all right? This is me doing detective shows. <laughs> when they signed him to this contract, he already had that thing. He already had that thing, and he said to them, I'll be good. I'll be fine. But if it doesn't go that way, wink, wink, hush, hush, 
I'll be willing to sit up in the media box, collect the checks, and screw off. Because that actually makes the signing make way more sense when you're talking about it being a lottery ticket. Because we all called it that, right? Hey, there's a lottery ticket, there's a lottery ticket, a lottery ticket. Who the hell were the Leafs bidding against for four-plus million dollars of John Klingberg, right? It works out. You've got a power play captain, and you've got a guy who's an all-time bounce-back candidate who at one point was a legitimate top-four defenseman in the NHL, who made a cup run, who was all these different things. So from a, the standpoint of, hey, roll the dice... There's, there's a case, but why so much money? Well, because maybe you could afford to spend the extra money knowing that eventually it could turn into cap space for you. That ultimately there was some kind of under-the-table weird agreement between these parties. Maybe it wasn't said explicitly, but there was kind of a deep understanding of, hey, I'm a little banged up signing this contract. You're going to waive some of potentially the medicals or we're going to get past some of these concerns. But if it comes to it, I will go willingly to the island and disappear a la Matt Murray. I will sit with him. I will share a drink with him and I will, you know, do whatever it takes. I'll, I'll, I'll give a report on what I think about the power play. I don't know. Or the other part is that, yeah, they are working on a trade. They don't see any point in putting him in these games. And he's already a goner because if he's playing in Sweden, or sorry, if he's not playing in Sweden, it, it's got to be, to me, something big. This is a Swedish player who obviously would relish the opportunity to play there. They haven't trotted him out for basically anything. I don't even think, I didn't see a picture of him even at the Borea uh, the the Borea movie that a bunch of these guys went to, which I thought was pretty surprising, given that it was all the Leaf Swedish players plus Tavares. Right? It it just it does feel like there's something at play here, and I'm all I'm trying to do is connect some of the dots. Maybe it's just a guy who's banged up and who's hurt and who they aren't super in love with, anyways. Maybe it it's very small, but to me, it it's starting to feel like something big, and it's starting to feel like maybe a lot of those things. They're they're watching the same games we are. I mean, they've they've seen. I mean, that Ottawa game was, you know, for a lot of other players that would that could potentially be you're going on waivers the next day, and that's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't, I don't know if I buy the detective show LTIR. I knew you wouldn't. You know, fun. And shake agreement. But what I do think is happening is potentially he's getting traded. Potentially mm-hmm. he's getting waived. You know, like uh, the rope is running thin for him. And the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that Timmons is on the verge of coming back. And I haven't done all the math on it, but potentially they're going to need the cap space mm. in order to bring Timmons back in and keep an extra forward, which, you know, they're going to they're going to want to keep Legison. You know, so there could be some some money that needs to be moving around, which could mean either Reeves or Klingberg needs to go on waivers in the next week, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah, but if there's one of those guys that made way more sense, it would still be Reeves. Um, unless, yeah, unless you're completely done with Klingberg. Yeah. I just don't, again, I, I from a, hey, you're completely done with him standpoint, I think he's played poorly. I, I still don't think it's been nearly as bad as it has been with Reeves and how easy, like, the thing is with Reeves, we have proof of concept of, hey, look, here was Bobby McMahon and it was way better. <laughs> and it was, I'm sure there's some luck and if we play it out over the long sample, whatever, the fourth line's not going to score two goals every night. And I, But I, I do think that if they played out the long sample, the Reeves minus 11 only becomes minus 12, minus 13, minus, you know what I mean? It, it just, it's, I don't think that situation has any hope of getting better. Whereas at least with the Klingberg one, there is a case. And there are things on the team like running the top power play that I still believe he can be useful for. But yeah, um, I just, yeah, three straight, three straight mispractices, the discussions around people with Robot Island, the discussions about the trades, 
the the Timmons thing happening right now, I, I'm I'm with you. It just it does feel like there's a little bit too much smoke here, and that yeah, maybe just maybe we've already seen John Klingberg play his last game with the Maple Leafs. Okay, so that brings us to the next thing, the the top thing, which I was going to lead with, but we got into the Klingberg stuff. Should the Leafs be talking to Patrick Kane? Should they uh, even be entertaining this idea? I, I mean, I, from what I've heard, it, it's like a extreme long shot. Like how many teams are on the list? Like six or something? The Leafs are probably number six of six. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, the number matters. And well, yeah. from from what I've heard, I, it's not going to be like he's not coming in at league minimum. So mm-hmm. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think you, if you're the Leafs, you want to clear. They're going to have a hard enough time clearing cap space to do what they want to do at the deadline, to bring in the defenseman that they want. So Kane isn't what they need, really. Uh, it's kind of a roll of the dice, given his health. And if he wants a legit contract, if he wants, I don't know, I don't even know, I have no idea what the number would be, but if he wants four plus million, mm-hmm. I'm out, I'm out. Yeah, uh, that, like to be clear, this is what I'm talking about is based on the money, should they even be talking to him? Because yeah, pretty clearly if he was willing to play here for the vet men, then everybody would be on in on him. And of course you would take him on the Leafs. Like why wouldn't you take a lottery ticket for a veteran minimum, someone who was willing to play here for essentially nothing? The question yeah. is like, are you going to clear actual cap space or try to get creative with the money or use the money? Like let's say the Klingberg thing, right? Because that, that's the other scenario. Let's say that Klingberg was going to Robita Island or they were willing to get rid of the money. They were going to trade him. They were going to do those things. And then they were going to use the cash on Patty Kane, right? Like they said, you know what? Let's use this cash. And we'll worry about later trying to identify the blue line. I just don't think that that makes much sense either. Like, it's just really hard for me to see a scenario where Patrick Kane makes more than 2 million bucks that makes any sense for the Maple Leafs. The other part is, where would he play, right? He's, he, who, what line is he going to play on? Where are you going to put him? You're not bumping down Nilet. Like he's going to play on the third line here in Toronto? Yeah, I mean, that's where he would have to, like, play in the Robertson slot or something like that. But mm. he's, he's not what they need. He's not what they need. You know, I know there's been some issues with secondary scoring, and but you know, I don't think there's any need to overthink this. I think the Leafs are going to acquire one or two of the Flames' defensemen at some point this season. Like mm-hmm. I don't think Calgary's turning their season around. The Leafs are going to need plenty of cap space to make that happen to bring in one or two of those contracts, and they're not going to. They're probably not going to be able to upgrade it forward to a great extent this season. I mean, maybe they can bring in a depth player like they did last year with with Lafferty, but I don't think there's going to be a Ryan O'Reilly acquisition at some point this year. Mm -hmm. So what do you think the most likely path is then to opening up money? Because you're the cap guy. And I thought about the Kane thing, and I went, okay, that that has to mean immediate moving of Klingberg out or, yeah, burying him on Robodai Island. That one makes sense. But how do they make the money work if it's two defensemen? Because Merrick brought this up too. He, he mentioned that he could see a scenario where it's not just the Dorov, it's, it's a total remaking of the blue line and that they try to bring in Tanev as well. And I went, hmm, that's, that's really interesting. I saw uh, Luke, our, our guy, Luke Fox, he wrote in one of his latest pieces that if it was just about draft picks, the Dorov would already be gone. So tell me how the money makes sense because everyone can add the $4 million of, uh, yeah, the, the $4 million of, uh, our guy Klingberg, but where where does the other money come from to make this work? Because my understanding well, is that they're right up against it. Yeah, uh, Zadorov is at three seven five. Tanev's uh-huh. number is correct me if I'm wrong four or four and a half. He's he's right in that range. Um, I mean it, it it could be as simple if the team's willing to do it. Is you retain they retain on both guys, mm-hmm. and then 
they equal Klingberg's number. And again, like you said, you're going to have to incentivize them to do that. Um, your other options are waving Reeves gets you 1.15. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the only other money I can think you might be able to move out would be, I guess, potentially Domi, although he's looked a lot better the last how you know, handful how are you of games. Domi? He's got, he's got, he's, he's scoring. He's playing down the middle for you. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, he, I agree with unmovable. that. I'm just thinking of someone who actually makes money that yeah. you could push out. And the other thing is if you're bringing in two defensemen, then uh-huh. you could look at your blue line at who potentially you move out on the blue line. And is that, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, I, I don't, I don't think you look at moving Brody out. I just don't think that makes sense. I think you want to keep him. I think you want, you want like a Riley Tanev Brody. Uh, yeah. I guess Zadorov maybe, or Lilgren or Zadorov's on your, I mean, this, the thing with Zadorov that I think some people are missing is that he's really on a contender. He's probably like a third pair guy. Mm-hmm. He's probably like a 17 minutes a night guy. Here's um, here's the way that I'm looking at this. If you're moving for that trade, you're obviously trading Klingberg. He's going out the door. You're not yes. moving Mark Giordano. He's not being traded. He will retire. Um, and he's he's actually he's been good for you. He's the he's a real instrumental piece of this team. Like there's no question. Um, yeah, you're obviously not moving TJ Brody. You're in win now mode. You're not moving Jake McCabe because of the the cap number that he makes. I think that the only way that this kind of makes some sense is if Lilligren is part of the package. He's hurt. You don't know how long he's going to be playing, but Calgary takes him and says, hey, we got a young defenseman who we can oh. sign to a contract, and he's he's a part of this deal. You're trading Lilligren, you're waving Reeves, you're putting Klingberg in the deal, you're asking for retention, and then you're incentivizing them with just an absolute haul of players here, like or so, sorry, of, of prospects and capital. Like I, I think that if they're getting both those guys, then Minton has to be on the table, right? Because well, what other thing are I you trying to? What are you? What else are you offering? I think you're putting too much in there for two defensemen. Like it's not like they're if they're getting Hannafin, then yeah, okay, I I see where you're coming from. That you're you're getting like a potential top pair defenseman. But like I said, Zadorov's like a 17 minute a night guy. Tanov is 34, 35 years old. Yep. They're both UFA. You know, at the deadline, what are these guys going to command? That they're probably. You know, like the Leafs got Luke Shen last year for a third round pick. Now, I think both those guys are worth more than Luke Shen, but they're not worth. People thought Luke Shen was going to be the seventh defenseman in a healthy scratch on most nights. These two guys would be immediately stapled into, I think, the Leafs top four. Like, yeah, maybe Zadorov should be a third pairing guy, but that's not what he's going to be if he comes here. I just don't think you have to move Lilgren for a rental. Like, I think you're going to need Lilgren next season. Hmm. So basically, your biggest hang up on this, I just, I don't see enough spots if you're bringing in two guys. Like, where are you getting the extra spot then? Yeah, I'm trying to do the... Uh, I mean, there's no problem in having six strong on your back end, right? Like, I mean, maybe Giordano's your seven. Mm, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't. That's the scenario I don't see. I don't see them looking at Mark Giordano during the season and saying, you're out of the lineup and we're making this trade in November, right? Like, it, Because we're assuming that if he's not playing right now, and if Fox is saying that if it was down to draft picks, it would already be done, the state of the Leafs' blue line, and the fact that if... Let's, let's be honest here. If they want to bring these guys in, why not do it sooner rather than later? Zadoro's already asking for the trade. I'm guessing that this doesn't string out into the, the trade yeah. deadline, right? This isn't no, going to be a months-long process. This is going to be something that happens quick. I, I don't think that the Leafs are going to go to him and say, Mark Giordano, you're out. You're, you're done here. I agree the Leafs are going to want Lilligren next year. I like Lilligren. I think he looked good before the injury. All 
of those things are true. But if you're going to give, or you're going to get something, you got to give something. And yeah, those guys might be UFAs, but you could also be looking at that from a positive standpoint, which is these are expiring contracts. Like that used to be a thing. I, I think I brought this up with you last time. I was, th- this is a big thing in the NBA, expiring deals, expiring deals, expiring deals. And if you're a, a player in the NHL and you're a team that's in a competitive window, why wouldn't you want expiring contracts the season before the cap is about to jump up? The season before you have to make this huge decision on Lilligren, or sorry, on Nylander. The season before you've got to basically make a huge decision on what Mitch Marner's contract could look like. Having a bunch of financial flexibility and not having to pay, you know, the 34-year-old Tanev into a bunch of other years. He's 4.5 million, by the way. Tanev, yep. he's got a $4.5 million cap hit that ends at this, the, this season. If you're tree living and you want ways to try to... Uh, change the the blue line moving forward right then all of a sudden you have four guys i think would be four right because they would have uh brody and who am i missing maybe oh, oh brody and zadorov who would still be under contract if they had that core of defensemen the, i just i look at this and say i think anyways I, maybe where we're having a bit of a disagreement i think it's going to cost more for those two guys than maybe you think because zadorov is going to be a commodity i know he might be a third defenseman but he scores goals and he hits players and he's big and if you're a team and you're trying to contend, that's exactly what you want. Same thing with Chris Tanev. Like, he's a gamer. He gets hurt. He's old. There's downsides to him. He's not tied up. He's not a young defenseman. But if you're looking at this from a, hey, you're a contender, you want to maintain your flexibility, and you're going all in on a championship window, getting one of these two guys, I would have to think, especially right now, before we know what the market's going to look like in a flat league where there's a ton of parity and a lot of teams are going to be convincing themselves that they could still be in it, I would imagine that these guys are going to get, uh, it's going to cost quite a bit. It, it, this isn't going to be cheap, especially when you're talking about eat some cap money for a contender and uh, yep. yeah, take back a John Klingberg and his money. Yep. But I mean, isn't, I think you get into like a top prospect and a first rounder or something like that. And okay. I, like, I think, I think it is going to be expensive. I just don't think, I think Logan is Logan for me is not on the table unless there's a Hannafin conversation and you can resign Hannafin. Mm. I mean, it, it's 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 all well and good to talk about you know the, the flexibility and having the cap room, but someone has to play defense for this team next year, right? Like you can't you can't have everyone you can't trade Logren and then everybody else is UFA except for Riley and who's on your team, and trying to fill those kind of holes in free agency is going to be extremely expensive. Lilligren's still know. RFA next year, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that he's an RFA, which yeah. does carry a lot of value for this team. And, and given the injury and just the, the up and down nature of his career so far, that he does have a lot of potential to fill out this team as a big time bargain contract moving forward. So I get it. Like, again, I don't want to trade Lilligren either. I just look at the math and say, how are you going to make this work? And, and I, I don't think that they're going to give McCabe, right? Like, it just it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know if they can carry seven and bring back Lilligren and have that conversation with the team where... Giordano is essentially like a lock to be out because if, if that was the case, well, I feel like he's pretty much a lock. There's always somebody that gets hurt, right? Or you have a rotation and, you know, maybe Logren sits a game every third game or something. I mean, like there's a way to, to make it work, mm-hmm. to make it manageable. Would you give and, up Minton? Um, I, w- I don't know. I, I think I would think about it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of Minton, and I'm not as high as on him as as the leaps apparently are with him making the team. So, um, prospects are so tough. I mean, maybe I'll end up being wrong, but I just I feel like Minton's going to top out maybe as a third line center in the NHL. Yeah, the 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 read from people seems to be that 
He's going to be a third line center, but he's going to be one of those guys that just sticks in the NHL and is very good for a very long time. Not mm-hmm. a top tier talent, but someone who you just, you love having on your team and is good and does th- and plays the right way for, you know, 13 years. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing for me is if you're the Leafs, like a lot of draft picks went out the door already. Right. So trying to make this thing work with just draft picks, it, it it's kind of hard to do. Like go, go look at their, yeah, their draft no, picks. Like, 2025 is, is a wasteland for them. 2025, think, their first pick is in the third round and then they have a fifth. That's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the pick that would be on the table would be the first rounder 2024. I mean, that's really, you know, they don't have an arsenal of picks. They don't have an arsenal of prospects to deal either. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this before, but like, I mean, they've, the cupboard's been, been decimated with all the runs they've tried to make, but you know, here they go again. They they need to make another one. Well, this is, but this is why I get into the, like, what do you do here? Because you, you have a first round pick in 2024. I don't think they have a second, by the way. I think that went in the McCabe trade. So you've got a first round pick next year, no second. The following year, you have essentially nothing, right? Maybe that was the Achari trade, actually, the one that's gone from next year. But either way, like they're, they're down a bunch of picks next season. They don't have their first. They don't have their second. They don't have their fourth in 2025. Now, now I've got it in front of me. 2026, they've got their first, but they don't have a second because that one's gone in the Jake McCabe trade. Like, so your next three years, you, your next three years, you don't have a second round pick and you've got two firsts and you're talking about bringing in two. Well, Zdorov is not a rental, but you're, you're talking about bringing in two defensemen, none of them being just like the, the defenseman that this team desperately wants, right? The thing that the fan base has clamored for the team, the team, everything that 20 plus minute guy that yeah, you so just in love why, with. Why why aren't you talking more about Hannafin then? Because well, I mean, like, I feel like he could going. be that guy. That's where yeah. I'm going is why are we having these conversations about these guys? Is this just being a prisoner of the moment being so desperate to add something when actually the smart calculated move is to ride this thing out, see what ends up happening with some of these teams, see who becomes available and actually, uh, you know, turning those assets into somebody that's a little bit more meaningful rather than rental players and kicking this problem down the road where all of a sudden you go, Holy crap, we've got no one under contract next year. And every option that we have of bringing dudes back are old players on a blue line that still is trying to be patched together. But now we don't have any picks and we've lost our top or one of our top prospects. Yeah. I mean, Hannafin's good. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Hannafin wants to play in Toronto or not. I mean, he was talking extension in Calgary. So I'm assuming that even though he's American, he'd be willing to to play in Toronto and he's going to be expensive on an extension, but so, I mean, he's what you need. He's what you're talking about. I mean, he's not just a 20-minute guy. He's a 23, 24-minute. You need more than just Riley moving forward. Yeah. You know, they need another top two defenseman, not just a top four guy. And Calgary has one. So I think that's what they should be looking at doing. And then that's what I think when you get in the conversation where you're giving up a lot and you're signing him to a lot. But you look at the the cap's going to go up four-plus million if you move on for Brody from Brody, that's five million. You can afford to pay Hannafin. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tight. It's going to be another big contract. But if you look at a lot of the good teams around the league, most of them have more than two, more than one defenseman making six plus million, and the Leafs don't right now. Mm-hmm. I think that they probably need to allocate a little bit more of their cap money to the to the blue line next year in order for it to upgrade it. I agree. That this is kind of so. I, I like Zadorov. I like the idea of bringing Zadorov in. I love the cleanliness of moving out the Klingberg contract, paying for a little bit of retention, keeping some flexibility, having a guy. I, I, I'm on like I'm, I'm a Zadorov guy. I like Tanev too. 
but I also just remember how injury-prone Tanev has been throughout his career, being 34. And, and the issue I have with this is the stuff that I outlined. Is It, it just feels like you're making this all-in move for these two defensemen where when you're closing a playoff game, right, you're in the playoffs, one, am I sure Tanev's going to be there? And two, is it like, it, am I really feeling like, oh, my God, don't worry, Zadorov's going to be on the ice, right? Oh, that's awesome. Because that's been one of the least issues is they get in these playoff series and then outside of playoff Morgan Riley, there just hasn't been the other mega dependable player, right? Yeah. It, it, like, that's it. They've been searching. Everyone talks about that hole, right, left by Muzzin because of the physicality and the leadership. But it was more than that. It was having a player that you felt confident about on the ice in a playoff game, giving you 20 minutes, who had the pedigree and who had the two-way ability of that player. And, and I just, I don't see that in those two guys. I love the Zadorov trade if it's like, a piece of something. I don't love the Zadorov Tanev tandem as the, this is the Leafs, the, uh, this is the move the Leafs made. And now they've, they've made their bed for the entire season. You know, now you get to the trade deadline and go, they're not even players because they already made their move and they moved in all their assets. Yeah. I think that that's fair. I mean, I, I, I think they need to come up with a, here's what the best case scenario for us is. And, you know, I don't think Zadorov Tanev is right at the top of the list, right? So you start with you start with the the home run and you try and make that happen. Yeah, I mean my concern would be as a you know, for a Leafs fan would be they just do Zadorov or something and then they're out of cap space and he comes in and he's fine. He's a he's a dependable 4-5. He he's good on the penalty kill. Zadorov's a good player. Mm-hmm. But the Leafs need more than what he does. I'm really interested in Zorov. This is, this is the angle that I'm taking on. Do this is Zorov trade or, or just the, the, this isn't even a take that I have. This is a question. This is the, the one that I've been kind of throwing at people. So Nick Robertson stock is high right now, right? You would agree. It's, it's bumped up. Yeah. Looks I mean, good. it's up from having no stock. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden the guy looks like a player and I, I, the, the just the, the sports fan question is, do you believe what you're seeing is real? And do you believe what you're seeing is going to be a long-term solution, right? Because if you get to the playoffs, I was talking about this with Bourne the other day. Get to the playoffs, do you really think that Domi, Yarncroc, and Robertson is going to be a dependable third line? Or if you're the Leafs, do you try to strike while the iron's hot with this player? And do you think that he is actually enough of a needle mover for a team like Calgary to go, you know what? This is this is actually good incentive. This is This counts as a big prospect. This counts as a major piece of a Zadorov trade. I think he would need to do it for like 20 games and not four. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's looked great. He's looked by far the best he's looked in the NHL. He, did, he you know, he, he looks smarter on the ice. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's in the right position more. He looks like he's taking the right lanes on the forecheck or to get open for a pass or, and he looks dangerous. You know, he's a guy that you want when that line's out there, you want the puck to end up on his stick. Um, but I just think his stock was so low, so many injuries, mm-hmm. No other stretches where he was productive in the NHL until now. If you're Calgary, he's still like a lottery ticket. Whereas if you see this play out for a little bit longer and he shows that he can produce, then all of a sudden I think that maybe he's more intriguing to a team. But the problem with Robertson is that he's small. He's not a great skater. He's had a million injuries. I, I like how you said the problem, and then you listed three <laughs> huge issues. Okay, the <laughs> problem right. is that his trade value is not good. Yeah. Like it's you know other teams are going to look at it and just be like, eh, they're not mm-hmm. going to get excited. Like they're going to be more excited about a Minton or 
someone who's more of a mystery box because I, I think a lot of teams around the league feel like they know what Robertson is, mm-hmm. and they think at best he's going to be at best he's going to be like a third line guy that's going to be like a thirty five points or whatever. Where they mm-hmm. probably, if you're a rebuilding team like Calgary, you'd rather go younger and and potentially get hit more upside. Now I'm not saying that's for sure what Robertson is. I'm yeah, just saying that's the perception around the league of what it was he is. Yeah. I think he has more value to the Leafs to let it play out and see what happens and see if he continues to progress and continues to get better because he's still really young. Yep. That's where I'm at with it too by the way. Is the problem with letting him play more games and build the value is that he builds more value with your team than any other team. Right? Like you have him play these games, like you just said, the 20, and all of a sudden Robertson plays 20 games and he, Domi, and Yarncroft become a real line. All of a sudden you're getting secondary scoring from them, all the stuff that you've seen these last four games from him, the the smarter play, the better shot selection. Yeah, just the the more responsible decision making, although sometimes that's, you know, kind of come in and out. But either way, just the, the a player that has been a real impact guy for the Leafs, you get 20 games into this and then you say, well, wait, we're making this move to get better and now we're taking defensemen back that we don't know for sure how they fit and we're letting a forward go where we, we know he is. So I, I think it just... All, all of a sudden, weirdly, because, yeah, before the season started, if you would have told me, hey, what's up with Robertson? And I've been saying this actually for like two years is he's a change of scenery guy. He's someone that they should have been trading earlier under the guise of, hey, he's got an incredible shot. and He could be a 30 goal scorer someday in the league. Take a shot here. He needs somewhere else. He needs a change of scenery where it's not Toronto. It's not all the pressure. It's not all this. It's not all that. Felt like they missed the window, but now they're hitting with the player, which might be a huge success. But now I feel like it's harder than ever to trade Nick Robertson, even though technically the value could go up. Yeah, I just don't think you're going to get enough that it's going to be worth it. Like yeah. I don't think, un- unless he rattles off 15 points in 20 games and other teams being like, hey, maybe we were wrong about this guy. But the problem, you know, I mean, you say you could trade him earlier and, you know, pitch him as a 30-goal guy. I don't think anyone around the league believed that he was that. Yeah. There's some people, though, that I, like, you know, I was, I was talking to that were just saying, you can't teach the shot. Like, the shot is such a unique commodity that the floor, if he plays, is potentially some guy being 20-plus goals every single year, which, which does have value. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's certainly, like, if you played more on a power play, you can see how... Mm-hmm. You know, some of the goals that he scored this season, if you could set him up in that spot on the power play, he'd be, he'd be pretty deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, then we're ruling that one out. So then it gets back to the same thing, which is they're bringing in Zadorov at minimum. It's going to be the Klingberg money, and then you're just trying to figure out what piece Calgary wants back for him, what draft pick they want back. I, I don't I don't want to do Minton for Zadorov. The problem for the Leafs is that this thing is actually sneaky urgent given the state of the penalty kill, right? Like they don't have the personnel, and it's just such a problem for them that I feel like it's just going to hurt them in games moving forward, game over game over game. Like they, they, I, I don't know how they can lock up wins or how they can feel confident that they're going to be a winning team when their penalty kill is one of the worst in the NHL. Yeah, and the other thing too is I would worry that the asking price goes up on Zadorov as you know more teams potentially get interested and you know there, someone could potentially want to overpay. I mean, what if a, another contender has an injury on the blue line and then all of a sudden? They they can put someone in LTIR and they they can become a player and they've got more prospects or or pick capital to offer up and then the asking price goes up so I think you're in a good position now as a lease where you're probably the front runner you're probably the main party that's negotiating Sadorov's camp has come out and said he wants to go to Toronto mm-hmm. um, you know I think you're in a pretty good spot right now to to potentially make that happen God if they could pick him off if they could just make this work without giving up a ton. 
what a coup would be, what a drastic change in the offseason narrative it would create. Like they're, they're already seeing an uptick with the Domi signing, right? Bertuzzi's played better lately. There was a point a couple of weeks ago where you looked at all four guys and said, what the hell is this offseason? <laughs> you know, what, what did you do here? None of these guys, none of these guys are any good. None of these guys can play. All of a sudden there's way more progress. But yeah, if they're able to turn, dude, even if they wave Reeves, it's who cares, right? The $4 million, it's, it's strange to see a guy get that for what did he end up playing? 12 games, 13 games. I don't even know. Whatever. Uh, $4 million for a few games of minus 11. But if they could find a way to actually make this work with Calgary, where they, they steal Zadorov, it helps just immediately make their blue line, their penalty kill, their, their goal scoring from the back end, all those things just improve, and you do it without having to give up an arm and a leg, boy, boy, oh boy, that would just be a massive home run for this team. I'm hoping it happens. I guess maybe even part of this conversation is showing a little bit into my psyche where I'm saying, I, I just feel like it's not going to happen. This is a beaten down, you know, Leafs part of me. That's just like, there's no way that they're going to be able to steal this player. There's no way that even with those uh, circumstances that you outlined, that this is going to work out perfectly for the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, I think the more likely outcome is they don't steal him and they end up giving up a lot. And mm, Good. You know, and Zadorov, I think, my guess is, I, I suspect the fan base will fall in love with him and want to re-sign him. And his next contract, to me, is going to be problematic as well because I don't think he's the kind of guy you want to pay 5.5 or whatever. But, you know, big physical defenseman. Mm-hmm. Who can, who can, I mean, look at what Gudis got and like, look at what Shin signed for. And, you know, like Zadorov's like the super Gudis or the super yeah. Shin, you know, like he's someone that at UFA, someone is going to give a lot of money to more yeah. than he's worth. I, always, I, I, I thought this three times incorrectly. I don't know why it's not sticking with me, but I keep thinking that he has one more year left on his deal. It's not, he's also mm-hmm. a UFA. Yeah. 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 No, it's funny that Calgary has fallen out of it rate early on. They have three UFA defensemen. They have exactly what the Leafs need. And it's the former team of their, the new GM. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of funny how it, the pieces have all lined up where, I mean, the Leafs are fortunate that there's three defensemen of that caliber that are potentially available in November. Mm-hmm. Do you think though, that, that, do you have any read on tree living's relationship with that team and whether there would be any reservation actually making a deal with Toronto considering that? Yeah, I mean, the talk, I mean, he was Conroy's boss. I mean, the talk yeah. has been that Craig Conroy is not jumping up and down, excited about, they really don't want to lose that trade, that's for sure. So, I mean, that could be, they they could be looking for it to clearly be the best return if they're going to deal with Toronto. Yeah, just I've I've seen some optimism from people where they go, well, it's tree living. It's his former team calling the favor. And I went, I don't feel like that's the way that this works. Imagine the Leafs were selling pieces to Kyle Dubas to help him win a Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know, like you would yeah. have to win that trade so handily that people threw a separate parade of you won this trade so conclusively that here's a little mini parade for you, Brad. It's really tough times in Calgary too. Like they, they need a win and they're probably not going to get it on the ice. So they need a win with some of these trades and, you know, these are popular players there. They're important players. It's going to be giving up on their season, you know? So, mm. you know, it's, you're a brand new GM who doesn't have any experience. You're dealing with your former boss. Who's with a really high profile team. That's a contender. You're, you're not trying to, you're trying to, to win on your end. Mm. So, all right, this was good today. So we landed on no Patty Kane, 
uh, to the Leafs. Uh, he wants too much money and the fit isn't right. Robertson's value is going to be remain difficult no matter how he plays uh, with Toronto. That there is something up with the Klingberg stuff and something is going to happen there essentially one way or the other. And that, yeah, the Leafs are probably going to have to overpay in a trade and it might be a little bit more difficult than we thought. Good stuff. This was good. I thought it would be, you know, there's, there's a little bit of optimism in there. There's some, there's, there's some okay. It wasn't all doom and gloom, but I, was, I, I don't know if I feel better after this talk. Like, uh, well, it's kind of in the it same. It helps that they've played a couple good games, right? Like they, Absolutely, they, it does. You, you, can, you can start to see a way. It, it's funny how big of a difference sitting Reeves and Klingberg in alternating games. Like now just put it all together, sit both of them, you know, and, and, and you get, you start to get some health and it's like, okay, I can see a world where all of a sudden this team starts to look better and starts to play their way out of it. Even before you make the trade. Yeah. This is what we talked about the last time you were on is this was the most optimistic way to look at the team is you could just remove two players and all of a sudden you're way better. And if you just take out the idea that, Hey, there was an opportunity cost lost. It's fine. Things are looking better. Anyway, uh, I can't wait to finally watch the Leafs play hockey and then get two games at weird times and then not see them play ever again because this stretch is like, all right, you get two games in 12 days and they're at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon when everybody's working at 8 a.m. on a Sunday, so wake up early. That's, this, is what the, this is what the NFL in Europe has been training us for, is getting us even readier for this, this Leafs game. James, thanks for making time, buddy. We'll do it next week. Yeah, thanks, JD. See you, pal. James Royal, The Athletic. I like that line. I think he's precariously close to not being on the team anymore. That to me is Klingberg is gone one way or the other. That that one game didn't matter. Let's take a quick break. Hit what we missed. Been giving away tickets to Tom Segura all week long. Congratulations to those of you that have won. You're in for a real treat. Again, one of the greatest stand-up comedians on the planet. I don't need to tell you that. Everybody knows that. But yes, Tom Segura's Come Together Tour. Hits Casino Rammer Resort on May 3rd. And we... I've been giving away tickets all week long, which is what I just said, but I forgot that that was in the read. To enter, all you have to do is tune in to this podcast, the J.D. Bunkers podcast, listen to the code word, then text the code word to 59590. So today's code word is ball hog, which if you've seen the special is amazing that I got to say that. So text ball hog to 59590 right now to enter for your chance to win. We will be giving away at least one more pair of tickets tomorrow at Oh, no, sorry. We're giving away tomorrow, not at a specific time. At some point in the show, you'll be listening to the show, and you'll say, hey, it's time. It's time to say the code word. It's time to text the code word. Uh, And they go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster, and I'll probably be in there. I'll probably be in that waiting line with some of you because I don't get the free tickets. I don't get anything for free anymore. So maybe why I'm advocating for the Raptors to, or sorry, I guess the opponent to give me free stuff at Raptors games. Anyways, uh, before we do what we missed, I just have to quickly say Bengals-Ravens tonight. Boy, oh boy, finally. You know, my brain's not even in tune for a sexy Thursday night game. It's been so many bad primetime... Hell, Thursday night game, any primetime game, any football game that is a standalone has been absolute garbage since I think... I think Ravens-Jags primetime, a.k.a. morning time in England. That game was two decent opponents, but even then we didn't know how good the Jags were and they were kind of ass and that game was really bad. And they stormed back in the game, but the Ravens still took care of business. It was like never really a uh, strong competitive game. It was just Harbaugh doing Harbaugh things, trying to blow his lead, which is his favorite thing to do. He's like, oh, we're up 10. Let's blow his lead. Oh, it's time. It's time to do the Harbaugh, which is cheat if you're at Michigan. 
Or the question should be asked if he cheated when he was with the Niners. Just saying. No one really brought that up, but probably did. An organization like the Niners, you could probably rest assured that he cheated when he was there. Makes a lot more sense that they won. You know? I mean, they didn't win anything meaningful. They lost to the Seahawks pretty memorably. You might remember it as Richard Sherman reaching up into the sky and winning the NFC Championship game and then taking that to the Super Bowl where they beat Peyton Manning into retirement. That's how I like to remember it. Ah, good times. <laughs> really good times. That was, the, that was the Michael Crabtree game, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. That was amazing. Sorry-ass receiver like Crabtree thrown at him late in the game. Anyway, Bengals-Ravens. Enough reminiscing about how the Niners are trash and the Seahawks are great. Enough of that, because we all know that to be true. This is a need to say obvious things. Must win for Cincy. Must win. Can't lose this game. That, that, that start to the season put them so behind the eight ball, and there's so much parity in the NFL right now. Look at the AFC. Go, go take a little peek today at the AFC standings. You're probably already aware, but that loss to the Texans was brutal for them. They basically were looking at, hey, we got to run the table. Yes, they still have some division games, so they'll be able to beat some of these teams, right? But it's kind of got to start with this, this Ravens game. Are, are we really going to see the Bengals lose tonight and be potentially the best team in the AFC and miss the playoffs? They're, they're without Higgins tonight as well. Still, without, tonight. still yeah. without Higgins. Yeah. And then they've got these back-to-back games. Steelers going to come visit them. I think they'll beat the breaks off the Steelers. I don't care who's playing receiver for them. Although the Steelers just do find ways to win. They're the miracle team. They're the smoke and mirrors team of the season. But yeah, no T. Higgins. And by all accounts, Jamar Chase is not 100% still. Jamar Chase still not right. And when you try to replace those guys, you get Tyler Boyd who drops touchdown passes in the end zone that probably secure you a victory. And we're not even having conversations like this. You're saying, yeah, you know what? They can lose this game. It's just, it's an interesting one because the Ravens just blew this lead to Cleveland. So, you know, they're going to be hungry and pissed off and they're back at home where they've been so good. My brother's going to be there in all of his Ravens gear. He paid for expensive tickets. I, I, I'm cheering for him. I want the Ravens to win tonight. It's, it was his birthday yesterday. I have to, we, we have a thing in our house where we gamble and it's, it's called don't go against the family, which is if someone's really like, I'm betting this heavy, you can't fade the family member. You got to go with the family or else you will pay a steep price. So I have to lay a heavy bet with the Ravens tonight. I'm going to be tailing all of his stuff and he's not going to like it because I'm going to hammer him if they lose, <laughs> if they lose. Cause I actually kind of like the Bengals tonight. I just think this is a, if you believe in the mystique of Joe Burrow, this kind of has to be a Joe Burrow game. He tried to do a little too much in the Texans game, which is part of the reason why they lost. He was just forcing. He had one interception, the, the second one, the last one at the end of the game where they're in the red zone and he goes to the sideline. It's a clear, just throw the ball away. And he just dropped it into a Texans DP's lap. It was one of the worst interceptions I've seen all season long. Truly. You would have thought, hey, freeze frame. Here's a pick. You know, you know when they do the interception where you just see the X's and O's moving on Twitter? If they would have been like, hey, who threw this interception? I would have been like, oh, this is Baker or this is Bryce Young or this is someone that I, I know loves to, lives to turn the ball over, right? Or this is Josh Allen, the turnover king who got his, or his offensive coordinator fired because he can't stop. He, he kept doing, Dorsey kept calling the drop the ball in front of your running back play. And they said enough. 
No more of this. No more dropping the ball plays. No more throwing interceptions. No more, no more throw the ball the other team plays. They got rid of Ken Dorsey, so everything's fine. Everything's fine now, Bills fans. You're, you're back on track. But yeah, I think this is a really compelling game. This is a fascinating game. I actually kind of almost hate that it's on a Thursday now, though, not to complain, but just that, that both teams are banged up and that the, it ends up being on a short week and it's this meaningful and it's... Like, how many teams in the NFL do you really love to watch? Do you really think are good? That you think could win the Super Bowl? These are two of the teams. These are two of the six teams that you actually think could win the Super Bowl this year. I know there's a bunch of parity, and I know there's a bunch of teams that if they got hot kind of thing, right? There's the storybook teams. Like, oh, maybe the Lions could. Yeah, Lions can't stop a nosebleed. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, right? Eventually, they're going to lose a shootout to somebody. or They're not going to score, and the other team will on their defense. Sorry, I love the Lions. You know, they're my second team, but it's just, it's, I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl next year. I think there's six teams, maybe five teams, and these are two of them. So it sucks it's a short week, but I cannot wait to watch it. And yeah, it just feels like such a huge game in terms of, hey, if you're Lamar and this new offense is real, can you put up 30 on a good defense? And if you're Joe Burrow, do you have the mystique? Do you have the ability to carry a bunch of wide receivers who aren't that good? Because guess what? T. Higgins might be gone next year anyways. They, like you're not promised having three special wide receivers or two. Like, I think we can chill out on the Tyler Boyd, a special thing now. Oh my God. No, good, but better Thursday. He's all right. He's fine. Drops touchdown passes to win football games. Anyways. Uh, all right. We only got a couple of minutes, but quick. What's next? What did we miss? Adam silver on Monday's Knicks and Celtics broadcast confirmed expansions mm-hmm. on the horizon for the NBA. We kind of knew that already after the new TV deal comes in, but he did mention Montreal and Vancouver. You say as- it like that. You didn't like that, eh? Montreal? Montreal. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Montreal and Vancouver, uh, Adam Silver mentioned, as teams the league has interested. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any chance Montreal can actually get a team? Before? I like how you've put this in uh, going after Montreal. You're like, does they have any chance? It's like one place lost a basketball team. One, one, one of these places, didn't, it didn't work out. Yeah, here's, here's the problem for Vancouver. One of the expansion teams is going to be Seattle. Like there, there's going to be a team that's going to be going into the region. I know Vancouver's in Seattle. Thank you. But I, I'm just saying to put two more teams in Pacific Northwest, I, I wonder, and Vegas is going to get one of these teams, right? Like Vegas is going to get a team and yeah. Seattle's going to get a team. That's a lock. So we're talking about more. I, I think that eventually the NBA will want to explore Canada and that they will, of course, they're going to say interest, right? Like there's a pretty big difference between we have interest in these cities, then even significant interest or whatever. It's like, Vegas and Seattle are getting teams. That's happening at some point. So you're already expanding by two. Is the league really going to expand by more than that in the near future? I don't know. Maybe some guys like to get these checks that roll in, but at some point there is diminishing return with the league. Mark Cuban has talked about this. He's a guy that's against expansion because eventually you are devaluing your asset. I... But, like, you've made the point before. The NBA has way too much talent right now. There's guys that yeah, get there minutes are, but now. But there's two Cam teams. Thomas goes crazy. There's two teams coming. Yeah. That's the problem. If there was, if this was a case of Seattle still had a team and Vegas had a team, and, and we're, or, or we're talking about relocating, right? Because New Orleans shouldn't have a team. It's stupid. It's stupid that New Orleans has a team. They should have left. That should have been a thing already. Oklahoma City shouldn't have a team. Nah, Memphis should have a team. Go to Nashville. Yeah, but but – there shouldn't be there shouldn't be a team if I had to pick two teams and they lose them automatically it would be New Orleans and OKC just send OKC back to Seattle and move the New Orleans Pelicans immediately to Las Vegas then you've got a lot already figured out then we would be talking about expansion of these places I just I don't think it's going to be happening I think it's a bit of a pipe dream I think the league has a lot of regret about Vancouver I think the league wishes it went different obviously it was a nightmare if you know what happened to that team but 
I, do I think it's going to happen? Nah, I, I don't. I don't think either of these teams are going to get uh, they're going to get an opportunity, especially now. Like the Raptors are Canada's team, they really are. You don't think They've got a lot of deep branding. Can... I, I don't. I don't think like, it's going to happen. I heard Iguodala bring it up, so I, I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. I, that's me being maybe a bit of a pessimist. But anyway, subscribe to this podcast, leave five stars, share it with your friends, do all those things, and I'll see you tomorrow.